Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Dr. Morgan Anderson, clinical psychologist, relationship coach, love expert, creator of the ESL relationship method, and athletic wear connoisseur. My mission is to help you raise your self-worth, have great relationships, and step confidently into the next level of your life. Each week, two episodes will air featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract great relationships. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. So buckle up and let's get vulnerable. Are you tired of investing your time and your energy into relationships that go nowhere and you know deep down the common denominator is you? You have awareness that whatever you're doing right now in relationships is not working, it's not serving you, and you are ready to take ownership of this area of your life and finally learn how to embody a securely attached, confident woman who can attract a great relationship. If that's you, I have a very special invitation. I want to invite you to apply to the Empowered, Secure, and Loved program. This is a program designed to help you no matter your attachment style, no matter your relationship past, it will help you move to secure attachment so that you can show up confident, you can communicate well, you can navigate any kind of conflict, and you can create that relationship that you've always wanted while simultaneously having high self-worth and high levels of self-love. If that's you and you know that in 2022, you are ready for a great relationship and you're committed to getting there, I want to personally invite you to apply to the ESL program. Use the link in my Instagram bio. On Instagram, it's at Dr. Morgan Coaching, DR Morgan Coaching. And the link is also in the show notes. Spots are extremely limited. So go apply now to reserve your spot and start your journey to high self worth and great relationships. It's your host, Dr. Morgan. And today's episode is going to be a good one. I am pulling out the DSM-5, which is what is used by psychologists, therapists, the world of clinical psych to give diagnoses. Anytime I do an episode like this, or I talk about mental health disorders, I want to make it really, really clear that I'm not a fan of labeling people with mental health disorders, that diagnosis is actually just a tool to help us better understand experiences and behaviors. And we have to be careful with language around this, where you're not saying, oh, that's a depressed person. For example, whenever we're talking about mental health, we want to say that is a person who experiences depression. We are not our diagnoses. They are part of our experience and having a diagnosis can help explain someone's experience, but you are never 
a diagnosis. And today that's particularly important because we're going to dive into what's known as borderline personality disorder and personality disorders used to be incredibly over diagnosed. And what we have come to realize as a field is that the damage of a personality disorder diagnosis can sometimes outweigh the benefits of even giving an individual this kind of diagnosis. The reason being is if you go and you Google, oh, what's borderline personality disorder, and you look at it, you'll see all kinds of information that, oh, it's incredibly hard to change. It's treatment resistant, that a personality disorder means once you have it, you have it for life. So there's all this terrible information about personality disorders. And I want to talk about this today in a way that empowers you and educates you not in a way where you're labeling or allowing yourself to think that there's no way for you to change. So we're going to use this information today to help us and empower us not to label us. So that's my little disclaimer before I pull out the DSM. Um, Specifically, we're going to talk about borderline personality disorder and its relationship to attachment styles. I had um, a lovely follower send me a message about, well, what is the attachment style that is associated with a borderline personality disorder? So we're we're going to dive into it. I've got the answers. But before we get going, I just want to educate you on what is borderline personality disorder And I want to start with the origins. So typically, an individual who develops this has experienced childhood trauma and not um, just here or there. There's someone who probably has experienced consistent childhood trauma, so multiple events, or it's chronic, it's ongoing. Um, This is someone who had pervasive instability in their interpersonal and familial relationships. So that's a lot to unpack. Pervasive instability, meaning that instability was the norm in their relationships. And I'm going to actually read you. I've got my DSM-5 here. My dog chewed off um, the front cover, but I've still got the book itself. So I'm going to read to you what it says in the DSM-5, and we're going to understand borderline personality disorder together. So, excuse me, a pervasive pattern of instability of interpersonal relationships, self-image, and affects. So affects simply means mood states, your affect. It goes on to say, and marked impulsivity beginning by early adulthood and present in a variety of contexts. So this means it's not just in their romantic relationships. It's showing up in their family, friendships, work. Um, It's showing up across 
contexts, not just one area of life. Um, and then they have to meet criteria by five or more of the following. So of these things I'm going to list, they need to meet criteria for at least five or more in order to meet criteria for borderline personality disorder. Sorry about that, guys. My voice is still a little, I'm still recovering just a little bit. Um, I know so many people are sick right now, so I know you know my pain, but I'm here. I got my tea. We're doing it. So anyways, five or more of the following. Number one, frantic efforts to avoid real or imagined abandonment. Real or imagined abandonment. Okay. Number two, a pattern of unstable and intense interpersonal relationships characterized by alternating between extremes of idealization and devaluation. We also call this splitting in clinical psychology, where it's black or white in relationships, someone's all good or they're all bad. Number three, they experience identity disturbance markedly and persistently unstable self-image or sense of self. Number four, impulsivity in at least two areas that are potentially self-damaging. So impulsivity in their spending, in um, sex, habits, substance abuse, reckless driving, binge eating, etc. Number five is recurrent suicidal behavior, gestures, threats, or self-harm. Number six, affective instability due to a marked reactivity of mood. So what that is saying is that your mood is very unstable and you experience high levels of reactivity. Number seven, chronic feelings of emptiness. Number eight, inappropriate, intense anger or difficulty controlling anger. Number nine, transient stress-related paranoid ideation or severe dissociative symptoms. So according to the DSM, you would have to meet five or more of those criteria and they would have to be happening across all contexts of your life. So meaning it's pervasive, like I said, romantic relationships, work, family, friendships, school happening everywhere. And what we also know about personality disorders, it's not talked about here, is this needs to be a long-term experience. We're talking years of experience after the age of 18 you would still need to be experiencing these symptoms for years. And that's why it's called a personality disorder is because it becomes part of your personality. So as I read this, I want to send you compassion if you feel like you related to some of those things that I shared. And I want to also be totally vulnerable and transparent with y'all because this is let's get vulnerable, right? And let you know that I myself in going through my early adolescence into mid to late 20s, experienced some of these symptoms that we talked about. 
and the front like number one frantic efforts to avoid real or imagined abandonment absolutely i definitely met criteria for that um unstable and intense interpersonal relationships for sure right identity disturbance yes all like so much of this i also relate to from my past and what's really interesting here is we think about thoughts, behaviors, emotions, states of being, and you realize that these ways of being come out of survival. They come out of early childhood experiences. And if we are allowing them to become chronic and we are allowing ourselves to continue to show up in a certain way, they do become personality. They do become how we show up across all contexts of our life. They do become incredibly problematic. So some of you who listen to that may feel like, wow, I meet criteria and I do not want you to self-diagnose. If you do feel like that is the case, then please um, do seek out mental health treatment. Um, but some of you may go, yeah, you know, I, I related to some of them, but it's not pervasive. It's only in my romantic relationships. And wherever wherever you fall, I, I just want to remind you the, the power of identity shifts, the power of learning how to change our behaviors, change our thoughts to change our emotional states of being. One of the things um, to think about with borderline personality disorder is this is an individual who never had a model of secure attachment, who also never learned how to regulate their emotions. So think about it this way. If we did not have a caregiver or an adult that was present, to help us learn how to regulate by being a sounding board, by being that person that we could go to when we felt a certain way. It's like, you know, essentially we're given the, this emotional system in our brain and we're given this powerful tool of emotions, but no one ever taught us how to drive it. It'd be like being given a Ferrari at 15 and being told to go drive to another state when you never even learned how to park or to put a car in drive. Apparently, I like car metaphors. It's also in my upcoming book. So LOL, I like car, I like a car metaphor for sure. But Think about it that way, that if you never learned how to regulate your emotions as a child and as you were you were in a supportive environment, what happens as an adult when you are expected to show up and be a contributing member of society and you don't have built-in support, um, it can wreak havoc on your relationships and on your emotional, uh, your ability to emotionally regulate. So one of the key treatments for borderline personality disorder is learning emotional regulation. And one of the other things I want to talk about is 
attachment styles. So knowing what we know about attachment theory and knowing what we know about borderline personality disorder, what is evident is that a disorganized attachment style is correlated with this kind of experience. And the reason being is that intimacy is incredibly terrifying to this individual and they have developed ways of being that are incredibly creative that include both anxious attachment strategies and avoidant attachment strategies. And when we looked at one of the the features of borderline personality disorder where we have idealizing someone in that stage of the relationship is going to experience anxious attachment. And then we have the devaluing and that's where we're experiencing avoidance attachment strategies. And at the core, at the core of both is absolute fear of intimacy, of being close. So it's this fear of, I I really want to be close. And at the same time, I don't want to be close because it's terrifying to lose someone. I'm so terrified of abandonment, right? And also you throw in the instability and identity which once again is a result of not having stable caregiver to help you form your own identity. So so you throw that in and that also relates to not knowing how to connect to another person because I don't know how to connect with myself. I don't know who I am. So how can I really connect with another person? So you throw all this together and you have someone who is experiencing massive amounts of pain in their relationships and they are experiencing moments of really, really intense love and adoration for another person. They're putting somebody on a pedestal and then they're also experiencing moments of, oh my gosh, I want to end this relationship. It's done this person is not it. I'm done. I'm out of here. I'm on a flight to Cabo. Like they're experiencing the intense push and pull dance of intimacy. And once again, as I've said throughout this episode, instead of judging that experience, it's incredibly important to try to understand it, to give it so much compassion And to reassure yourself that there is opportunity for you to grow, for you to heal, for you to create a new blueprint of what it means to be in a relationship and to develop an important piece here, which is developing a core and stable sense of identity. That is so overlooked when we think about relationships. I think oftentimes we focus on the relating and we focus on, well, how do you have healthy communication? How do you have secure attachment? Beautiful, very important, and 
what's at the foundation is how do you have that core sense of self, a stable identity, and a healthy relationship with yourself, right? Um, That's why in the Empowered, Secure, Loved program, the first thing we focus on is identity. And we focus on intentionally building your identity. And it's things people have never thought about. Um, It's why when people are in the program, they'll send me a message. Oh my gosh, I did the first part and I, you know, I did module two and I feel so different and I feel so clear on where I'm going and who I am. And that's because most of us don't take the time to really think about our identity and who we are and what's important and where we're going. Right. But when we're healing and we're saying, oh, I don't have to be in a reactive place. I don't have to be on high alert and in fight or flight mode and be responding to my environment and be a chameleon. I don't have to operate that way. I can empower myself to create my identity and to, it's not even create, right? It's like tune into your true essence, tune in, tune into who you are at your soul level that's always been there. And there's just been barriers. There's been fear that's blocked you from connecting to it, right? But such a powerful, powerful part of healing borderline personality disorder, of healing a disorganized attachment style is coming home to yourself and healing your identity. And when that piece is in place, then we work on, oh, you've developed a disorganized attachment system. You've learned to do anything at any cost to avoid intimacy. What if we rewire your belief system about relationships? And what if we teach you emotional regulation and we teach you ways of being that allow you to show up differently and show up as a securely attached version of you? And that eventually you learn, oh, I can show up securely attached and it can be safe. It can be emotionally safe for me to do so. And that becomes your preferred state of being, right? And once again, I feel like I've said this a lot lately, but I am living, breathing proof that, hey, if I can do it, anyone can do it. And secure attachment really is available to you no matter what your past experience has been. All right. I hope you liked this episode, a little clinical deep dive. And if you feel like you resonated with what we talked about and you know that, hey, wow, I have facets of that experience. There's things I relate to. I do want to encourage you to apply to the Empowered Secure Love Program. I know we can help you. And my real mission on this planet is to help as many women as possible heal so they can have healthy relationships because I know what it's like to be in pain. And it doesn't just impact your romantic life. It impacts your mental health your physical health, your ability to be part of your family, your ability to be a good friend. It impacts every area of your life when you have not dealt with your internal sense of self, when you haven't dealt with your past that's blocking your true 
um, state of being, which, you know, I'm like, I feel like I'm getting a little spiritual here, but like all of us at our, at our best, we're love. Our true state of being is love and connection and growth and contribution to one another. And when we have all of this BS from the past, that's blocking us from that, it's because it doesn't feel safe. We haven't developed what we need to develop in order for love to feel safe. And I am so passionate about helping as many people as possible be their true essence, be in that state of love and connection and growth. Um, and I really like if you're if you've been on the fence and you're like, oh, you know, I love listening to Dr. Morgan. So helpful. Maybe you're listening at an intellectual level. But I just want to encourage you, like life is too short. You really do deserve to feel what it's like to have connection that feels good, that adds value to your life and to operate in your day to day from a place of I am enough. I am worthy of love. I am a high value partner, right? You know, I always say this to you, wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. I mean that. That is a different way of being. It's a different way of doing life. And no matter who you are, no matter what your past is, you are so deserving of it. All right, y'all. I hope this episode was helpful to you. Hope you got a lot out of it. And as you know, um, I do have a book coming out. So surreal to say that it's January 10th. It's going to be available everywhere, um, obviously on Amazon. And other than that, I just want to thank you for tuning in, for being part of this community. I appreciate each and every one of you. And you know, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. I'll talk with you soon. You guys, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you. The best way that you can thank me is by sharing this episode on Instagram, Facebook, and making sure that you tag me at Dr. Morgan Coaching. And it would really mean the world to me if you took just two minutes to leave me a five-star review on iTunes. This podcast is not free to produce, and the more that you help this little show grow, the more people will have access to this valuable information. So until next time, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Thank you for being part of this community.